Welcome to What's That About with Joel and Tina. Hi, everybody. Woo! You know, some weeks are harder than others. Well, but they don't know that. Well, that's why I'm saying something. <laughs> and it's not the talking, it's no. the starting. Mm-hmm. Always. Yes. Because uh, Joel and I would have talked either way. It's just a matter of, like, pressing record. Correct. We may not have talked about this particular piece of scripture but right. we would have talked right so um the verse that we landed on for this week is psalm 143 verse 10. 10. do you want to read it for us sure well we've got a couple different versions Always. i know i know you have nlt and uh here's the nasb 1995 Ooh. yeah fancy teach me to do your will for you are my god let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Yeah, the, the NLT says, um, may your gracious spirit lead me forward on firm footing. Firm footing. So there's that first part, you know, the idea about God's will. And I know it's such a struggle for just so many people to, you know, it's this idea of, hey, teach me your will. You are my God. But what does that look like? What is God's will? You know, and you know, I have talked about that in the past, that it doesn't have to be as scary or as uh, wild as some people might think it is, that, you know, there is a, a general will that God has for humanity, and there's a specific will that well, God has for us. So I think if you were to take the idea that general will, like, mm-hmm. let's go to like Micah 6, 8, which sure. is the Lord require of you, mm-hmm. but to seek justice, love mercy, and mm-hmm. to walk humbly with your Lord. Yeah. And I said that really quick. That's God's so, will. That's that's sure. God's will. Sure. I mean, like, to act what in else a certain God's way. Will? Like, God's will is also to love the Lord your God sure. and to love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Those things are pretty consistent. And so, yes. like, if you want to do something and it doesn't fall into one of those categories, you can be pretty darn sure that it's not God's will. So let's say that again, then, just in case people are sleepwalking through the, the first part of this. And Ooh, are you just... want me to re-quote Matthew? No. Oh, okay. So, right. So, so there is the Micah 6.8. There's the passage from Deuteronomy and from Leviticus. You know, so the, the, the passage from Micah is, what does the Lord require? Um, and to seek justice, to love mercy, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Right. So here it is again: your God, or my, our God. Yes. Yeah. Then there is a passage from Deuteronomy about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then a passage from um, it ends up in the New Testament as well. Right. Right. And then loving the neighbor as yourself. That is all grounded in the Old Testament. It's all grounded in God's will for us. Well, and so I would say it's been a persistent message. Very much it, so. It's not something new. Like Jesus didn't right. show up with something new. In exactly. fact, when we hear it from Jesus, it's somebody who has studied the law and he's like, yes. what do I need to do to get into heaven? Right. And he's like, well, what does the law say? Right. And he's like, well, love the Lord your God and yeah. love your neighbor as yourself. And right. like, exactly. You did it. And then the guy's like, so, but who's my neighbor, yo? And <laughs> Well, but another time somebody says, "Who? What's the, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus is very consistent in revealing God's general will for humanity. So, like, I think that sometimes people stumble 
because they want to have this epiphany. Like, sure, they want to have a, a specific will. They want to have yeah. like an a, an Abram moment. They want to sure. have a Moses moment. They want to <laughs> have a, a David a, moment. Sure, a David. Yeah. But the truth is, is that. Mm. Those are rare. Like, there's lots yeah. of people in the Bible. Right. There's lots of stories of faithful right. servants. And, like, God coming down and being like, I need you to go save the people. Yeah. Is right. is not common. But at the same time, I think that anyone who is desiring God and is wanting to seek God, God will reveal his will to you. Not only his, the general will of love me, this is what I command, but also here's what your life could look like if you are following me. Because I've experienced that, you've experienced that. Right, but I think that to require it, okay, sometimes, like people like, have an expectation of it sure. or a requirement of it, and it prevents them from doing anything. Like, Fair enough, okay. Yeah, you know, I've talked about active waiting and this idea that if you believe that God has called you to do something, yeah, then you need to be preparing for it all along. Right. Like it, it's not like you, it's, it's like a marathon. Like if, if God has said, listen, I'm going to need you to run a marathon. And you're like, okay, Lord, that sounds great. And you don't do anything to get ready for it. How well will you be able to walk into that? requirement from God and and so like I think sometimes people desire mm. to have this oh when mm. the reality of like even though you and I have had them it's not like we wake up every morning and God's like all right here's the agenda folks no I mean God does do that in regards to <clears throat> like pointing out scriptures but it's not like Joel I'm gonna need you to go down and save 13 people from a burning building and to get that kitten out of the ditch, okay? Like, I love how God talks. Yeah, right. that's, But, so, let's He's get... He's a youper. God's a youper. Because let, that's God's country. Let's get to what it does sound like. Here's the hint. is the second part of the passage. NIV, NASB, it's the same. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. As you said, NLT is a firm footing. Right, so that forward on a firm footing. That is the result of living in God's will. So if you want to know what it's like to live in God's will, even if you don't know the specifics, we'll get to that in just a second. This is what it kind of looks like when you're living in it. It's like you're on a level ground. You're on firm footing, which means that the ground is not shaking beneath your feet. It's not that everything is shifting like sand beneath your feet. Right. It's you can you know where you're putting your feet. It's not crushing beneath you. You don't have to worry about that falling away. That's when you know you're in God's will because you're in this place of firm footing and the thing is level before you. And, and that's a beautiful thing. So you, uh, over the years, we've had to discern what it's like to live in God's will. And I remember one of the first times that you and I did that together was after I lost my first job. It was really right. well, painful. I would like, let's back that up okay. a little bit. We tried to do it before you got your first job. <laughs> and we charged forward yeah. despite. Fair enough. Like there were, there were things that was yeah. like, I, like maybe. Like we red should, flags. Red, there were flags. And we're like, ignore. Ignore, ignore. <laughs> must 
be employed. Yeah. So, okay, but we don't need to go into that whole story. <laughs> because the more important thing is what's this passage and applying this passage to what we experienced. So after I had this first painful call and it lasted less than a year and then I'm left without a job, we're sitting in the house together. What's going to happen next? And then something really amazing happened and that it was God's opened himself up to us in a way that we didn't quite expect in which his specific will for us was revealed. So you want to talk about the stay or go thing? Is that what you want me to No, do? it was know that I love you. Right. Like whether you stay yes. or whether okay. you go, yeah. know that I walk with you. Yeah. That, that I love you. That like, so it was this, it really was this eye opening moment. This, I think that you and I had, were young and we had sure. both kind of come from very strict um, backgrounds in regards to our church life. And so there was this sense of you can get Christianity wrong. Or you can get it right, and there's only one right way, and there's one wrong way. Or a thousand wrong ways. Right. There's only one right Yeah, exactly. There's one right way, and there's a million wrong ways, and if you get the wrong way, you're going straight to hell. And so it, was, it really was amazing yeah. that God was like... Wait a second. There are innumerable right ways. Yeah. When you're seeking me. Yes. And that was like for us the the real eye-opener, the epiphany moment was not that we got this very specific will and it changed everything except that we understood maybe for the first time that there were all these different paths of life. Any choice that we would make would be good if we were seeking God first. Right. So like in that moment, it was like, well, I don't have to continue on this path of yeah. being a pastor. I right. can I can choose another journey. I can become right. a teacher. Right. Uh, Tina can become the breadwinner. You sure. know, like there was like any number of options before. Right. So it was like as long as what you're doing is, is walking with me. Right. Then we'll be right. OK. Right. Like we can walk down any path you want to and I'll be with you. Right. As long as what you're doing is, is yeah. walking with me. So, you know, not a, people, a lot of people necessarily know this, but after that first call, I said, yeah, that was, this was so disastrous and it was so painful that I said, I don't know if I can do this again. And it wasn't that I necessarily doubted my call. It was I doubted my call to the church. And so we went to counseling, or at least I did in Chicago, well, we did. and uh, we, we, we spent some really intense time together discerning the next steps to take. And I think what really helped me was I was open to anything. I was open to any change. And if it meant walking away from serving as a pastor, and if it meant being a teacher, as you said, if it meant you became the breadwinner and I did something else, because I know at that time, like these chemical companies were still coming <laughs> after you or because of your degree in chemistry, and you would have made gobs of money. And so, right. <laughs> and so we could have done that too. So part of, I think, our mutual journey together was this great word of just turn to me looked for me and if you're seeking me you'll find me which is another scripture i love that as well well and, and i want to like as you talk about that you i can't believe that you didn't go all in on this but there is the scripture about where do you build your house like do you build it on the rock or do you build it on sure. the sandy shore you know? i was coming back to it but oh, you're going to circle back around absolutely, to it well, then, but absolutely. Let's circle around back to that idea because yeah 
like in that moment it was this like so what's your foundation exactly. and i i think that we had discovered yeah. within that that our foundation wasn't this, like we thought it was on jesus yeah but in reality it was on this religion and not on Jesus himself. Or it was on a calling, uh, or a church, or... A process. A pr- right. Um, which, you know, a process can be really, really helpful, but if the process becomes the thing which you base your life upon, well, what happens when that becomes exposed? It can't. You can't be sustained by a process. Well, the process will eventually fail you. It, it will. Fortunately for us, it failed right away. Right. Like it immediately failed. It was a struggle. <laughs> it was a struggle from day one. And like it failed in the call process yeah. for us, and yeah. like I said, we barged ahead within it. Yeah. So, but the, the, the interesting thing is that God was willing, like that He was willing to, yeah, to tolerate us learning how to be sure-footed to be foolish yes (laughs) uh knowing that we would return you know and that's the great thing about god is that there are times where god allows us to charge ahead foolishly into sinking sand and then is there to rescue us when we return and to call out and so yes it's that parable that jesus tells about the one who build his house upon the sand versus the one build his house upon the rock you know what do we build our lives upon it also reminds me of when peter saw jesus walking on the water and he says jesus if it's you command me to come over to you and he does and it's great as long as his eyes are on jesus but then he looks and he sees the waves and he hears the wind, and the minute that his focus goes off of Jesus is when he begins to sink. And, there, well, and I think it's such even, a powerful lesson. I think it even says that he looked at the wind, which is impossible to look at. You know, like yeah. it, you can't see the wind. No. But you know, I, like as you talked about that, I was reminded of within that, like as far as failure. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think was really kind of cementing to me about community within that process was, you know, we had this, this young guy who was on the committee who had said like, Hey, um, I'm really upset with the church with what's happened. I'm going to leave. And our counsel was don't leave. Like wherever you go, there's going to be something. There's always going to be something within the church. There is no perfect church because there is no perfect person. There's no perfect group of people. Right. And so if you have a church that is appearing to be perfect, then you need to either look harder or you need to get out <laughs> because it's more than likely a cult masquerade. Well, and the, the pursuit of perfection is a false pursuit because well, it's, just, it's just not possible. Perfection is a myth. Is a myth. That's, that's been my uh, theme the last couple of months. And, is, you, know, uh, you know, this passage leads us out of perfection. It leads us away from that and it leads us towards the Lord because what perfection is, is idolatry. Well, and I think that that's why there is this desire to have a specific statement from God about what I should be doing with my life. Yeah. Because then, like, if I can have a word from God about what I should be doing, yeah. that takes my responsibility out of what I need to do out of it. Like yeah. I can just be like, well, you know, God called me yeah. to be 
a stay-at-home mom, and so he knew that I would have dirty corners, and he knew that I would, you know, not want to cook dinner, and so we're not cooking dinner, and all the corners are going to be perpetually dirty, and so be it. You know, the, <laughs> so be it. The, you know, but the truth is, is that Ooh. there is a sense of a, a striving towards excellence, regardless of what, whether or not God has placed that call on you. And, and I think that even though perfection is a myth, excellence is a worthy um, aspiration. I think that's a great, great separation there. Where perfection is not something that we can find on our own, but we can still pursue excellence. That's, that's great. That's great because God does call us to something more. God does call us to action. You know, we, we don't just sit back and allow God to show up and then we act. We've got to pursue that. There's that responsibility. So part of our work in pursuing God's will and understanding what that is, is we've got to walk forward and we've got to trust that the path is going to be level, that it is not sinking sand as we're seeking God. Because if you're not moving forward, if you're not trying to seek God's will, then you're not walking at all. And then you'll never know. Well, you can look at the story of Gideon, who, like, God's like, hey, I need you to do this. He's like, well, if it's really you, Lord, like, make the ground wet and make make the fleece dry. Right, right. So if the story had ended there, and and he said, no, you know, that that, I I guess that could happen. And then, like, (laughs) he could have waffled on, like, I don't know, like, maybe I heard him, maybe I didn't. But instead, he pushed further. Yeah. And he's like, well, what about this time you make the fleece wet and the grass is dry? Yeah. You know, that that he didn't stop in his doubt. He didn't take his doubt and be like, well, I'm going to listen to that instead. And instead he, he pushed into God. Yeah. And he said, I need you to show me with clarity. Yeah. And, and I do believe that God does honor that, you know, because we, we've looked at James before. Like in James, he's like, you know, if you want wisdom, ask for it. God will give it to you. And I think that that desire for a call upon your life is a form of wisdom to say, like, yes, like these are my gifts. These are my skills. These are my talents. And I am gifted towards this thing. And I want to use it to glorify God. Mm. Amen. Amen. Yeah, lots of lots of good thoughts today. Probably way too many pieces of scripture for one little verse and and the song. Well, but also it shows us that scripture doesn't stand alone. That that every scripture, because it is God breathed, is interconnected with other scriptures. Yes. And so you know, it's a good lesson to all of us is that even a scripture here in the Psalms. It, it moves forward and backwards in connection with things that have already been said and things that Christ will say and how it's all connected because it's well, all God's spirit. And how it still connects with us today. 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 I mean, that's the coolest thing is that it is so still relevant. And, and it will connect always with, like if the earth relevant. persists for a millennia, yeah. like uh, if it, if it persists on, like it will always be always relevant. And that's, uh, I love that. This is so yeah. cool. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Bye.